Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. Season, schmoff season, Kyle. <laughs> this is my favorite time of year. Some people ask, like, on Purple Daily, like, what do you guys talk about from May through August or, like, when, when it's dead period? Or what do you guys talk about when the wolf season's over between now and league year? That's the beauty of it. Whatever the bleep we want. We can make up trade, you know, scenarios. We can rank things. We can get guests on. It's a, it's a blank canvas here on Flagrant Howls, and we actually have a lot to discuss today, even though it's kind of the dead of the offseason for the Timberwolves, while other NBA teams continue their playoff journeys. I mean, I would make an argument that this podcast is built for the months of May through <laughs> October. And we're going to have some fun. Like I said, we'll have some guests on as we kind of build this out for year two. But I, I think there's a lot of people that listen to this or just NBA fans in general that like the, like the game, play it, you know, recreational. I have a team or maybe a couple of favorite players, but they really I mean of today of all days, right? Today is Tuesday, May 16th. Tonight's the NBA lottery. Um, some franchise is essentially going to get their next uh, LeBron slash Tim Duncan. Dude, if the uh, Jazz get Victor, what, what happens at the Tiggy household tonight? You know, I saw I've seen a lot of other people in Minnesota media kind of tweeting about that. Um, it would be one thing if the Jazz won the lottery with like the Wolves lottery pick, but that isn't a lottery pick because they made the playoffs. Uh, if the Jazz win, I mean, I. I don't think I'm going to be as hurt as maybe others are because that association is not really like the bridge is not there. The, the jazz are going to get the 17th pick from the wolves. Um, the one that would really sting you is like if the Pelicans win it and just add another player or the thunder no. or like, I mean, if, if the, an Eastern conference team wins the lottery, that's great. I mean, just send them to the East, you know, send them to the wizards, the Pistons, the Hornets. Uh, but yeah, if he goes to the West, like the blazers, the jazz, and that's like, Oh God, the wolves are going to have to, you know, by the time, Wemby's like winning titles. Rudy's going to be living back in France. Like that would be tough. But uh, yeah, it, the off season in general. With all, we already have like what we're a couple days removed. We've had half the coaches in the league have been fired. Dude, like like NBA championship coaches are just getting nuked left and right. Nick Nurse. That was a few weeks ago. We can uh, uh, Bud Doc Rivers. We'll get into yep. Like sort of. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're throw gonna some go questions here, at yeah. you that are gonna make your head explode today. I think. But let's start with let's start with Anthony Edwards. All right. Yep. Let's. So we're going to get to the some of the stuff in the Q&A with uh, the Star Tribune. Just got a few things I'll throw at you on that front. But, God, you were texting me last night just kind of we were going through what are we going to talk about tomorrow? How are we going to organize our, our thoughts and topics? And you brought up Joel Embiid and his weird end-of-season press conference. And then John Morant, of course, like every five minutes he's just going on Instagram with guns, you know, pew, pew. All right, I'm John Morant. <laughs> it's like, first of all, if you're John Morant's friends, how about we just uh, maybe just some like recorded videos that we can delete if needed before we put them on social. Maybe stop with the Instagram live thing. Let's do some recorded videos. We're all in the in the car together having fun. We can run them by the PR folks first and make sure that our guy, Ja, doesn't get in trouble with Adam Silver. But it got me to thinking. I know Anthony Edwards has had a couple issues. He had 
the the gay slur about a year ago on Instagram Live that I did not like, you did not like. Hopefully he has learned. He's also a 21-year-old kid. John Morant is young. you got to remember, some of these guys are just not mature enough to be making $100 million and doing whatever they want. So not excusable. Uh, but in, And he did throw a chair, allegedly throw a chair at a security guard in Denver, but we know that was BS. I'm just saying I would be very proud as a Timberwolves fan right now to have Anthony Edwards as the future of this franchise. I think I would rather have Anthony Edwards over John Morant and based on his injury status and the fact that he just throws teammates under the bus left and right and gets coaches fired, I might even sign up for Anthony Edwards the next five years over Joel Embiid. Is that a hot take? No, not okay. at all. And uh, He's the MVP. And that, yep. And he also, again, despite all of his fans, and I'm a, I like Embiid, but despite all of his fans kind of crapping on Jokic and his pitfalls in the playoffs over the years, uh, there are a lot of bad statistics that show that every postseason Joel Embiid, just every number and statistic across the board goes down. Now, obviously, some of the pace of play stuff slows down. I know Embiid had hurt his knee, but uh, he just didn't show up again. And, you know, th- this is actually a, b- a broader discussion, but like the Embiid stuff I kind of like is kind of like Ant because he didn't really grow up in like the the super AAU PR kind of thing where he's already at 21, 22 saying what robots say. Um, Embiid is pretty open after his team gets bounced in the playoffs. I mean, after the whole Ben Simmons fiasco, uh, he was pretty open about that. He had a quote this this postseason after they got bounced by the Celtics, saying something like, "Can't just be me and James." He Harden. said, "You you said you can't win alone. I can't win alone. Me and James can't do it on our own. Basketball is played five on five. We need everybody to just try to keep finding ways to get better." Okay, and. Again, there's more context to that if you watch the whole interview, but it, it, it some of it, it was like just it was what it was on the surface level. So, yeah, in a, in a broader picture, I mean, Embiid's older and has a big injury history, but the way that he's handled some things, getting bounced from the playoffs, the way Morant, um, you know, a guy that has pretty much cost himself like $40 million by not making All-NBA because of his kind of stunts throughout the season. Uh, I know that there are people that want to argue and make this a political thing. It's really not. It's like as an, yeah. as an employer, like, like, like if, Walker, if Walker Kessler is on a ranch with a shotgun, you know, Hey, about to go shoot some clay pigeons. It, I get that. There's some, there's some racial context here that there is, there is a conversation to be explored, but, but there is, like, but there is, but there is an NBA. I mean, just like any employer, right? Like there's a code of conduct. I see friends on Twitter that put in their Twitter bio, like these tweets don't represent, my organization, all my tweets represent score North. So even the bad ones, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, for Jots, like he, that, that man has now had two strikes in the same season. I mean, he would, despite having hundreds of millions of dollars and being an all-star and uh, having his own shoe, like that man wants to be Yosemite Sam. Um, but in general, it just teaches you, you don't want these guys <laughs> to ever do. You don't ever want these guys. Like anytime I see a Wolves player, I follow, it's like a notification on my phone that said, so-and-so is going live on Instagram. Like my heart drops. Cause I'm like, Oh God. But, uh, I think I've just learned more and there's basketball stuff to this. And there's also just player stuff. I don't know if there's a player. I don't know if there's a single NBA player right now before Wemby gets drafted later this, this summer. I don't think there's a single player I'd rather have on my team for the next 10 years than Anthony Edwards. Uh, the way he handles defeat, the way he handles losses. Uh, you know, he didn't do a, he didn't do an exit interview, which was kind of frustrating and annoying, but then he did kind of follow up by doing this really, really extensive interview with Chris Hine. Uh, but he just, he, he's always saying like, I need to be better. I need to be better. 
He's protecting his teammates. He's lifting up his teammates after games where maybe he was the best player, but he shouts out Rudy right away or shouts out Jaden or shouts out Carl or any of the young guys. So I just am really a fan of his. This is this podcast is a fan of his. Uh, and I think his maturity now at 21 is already, I think he's reached like his peak maturity already. He's a 27-year-old, 28-year-old in a 21-year-old's body. So yeah. he mentioned going over to France to hang out with Rudy uh, once Rudy buys him the ticket. So I think that would be good. There's some self-awareness there of like working on that relationship. Uh, he mentioned wanting to kind of chase Michael Jordan, uh, which is just very Anthony Edwards. Um, but yeah, I think everything in that interview was really good. And it was just a reminder when you see some of these other players get bounced and take shots and add drama, it does seem like Ant wants to eliminate the drama as much as possible. And I think that's really valuable in 2023 where these, this league is just full of drama and rumors and all this stuff. Ant tries to eliminate that stuff. And it's really good from a team building standpoint. All right, I'm going to put you to the test because we both just kind of, I think every time we talk about Ant, we do get a little... Yeah, we're pretty much we're, Yeah, yeah. So we're we're definitely Anthony Edwards homers on this show. Yep, absolutely. But we both did just say, without really blinking, that we would take for for the next five years. I'll even say the next. Let's just say a, a five to seven year window. Okay. That we would both take Anthony Edwards over Joel Embiid, who's a twenty eight year old MVP. All right, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let that sit for a second. Are we sure about that? I don't even think it's close. Like, I mean, Embiid's, Embiid's a better player by a long shot now, but we've kind of seen a little bit of a ceiling in the playoffs. There's major injury issues historically there. So, if you said five to seven years, dude, I don't know. And I love Embiid. Like, I love watching him play. He is so dominant. The way he sells his body out to play defense, he did get kind of uh, shown against the Celtics. The way they put him in pick and roll that I don't think Ant would do uh, on the defensive end. But seven years, Phil, I don't know if I don't know if you, Joel Embiid is playing basketball at 35. Like, I just don't know if his body yeah, holds up. I think I, I he's certainly not playing at an MVP level. And now, it, if he's going to play at this level for the next two or three years and they swap out James Harden for somebody else that's just, yeah. like, better in the playoffs, okay. Yep. So I wouldn't die on the hill if somebody wanted to fight us in the comment section. Okay, cool, we're homers, <laughs> whatever, right? Okay, I'm going to throw a few other players at you just for fun here. Anthony Edwards, five- to seven-year window. Or Shea Gilgis Alexander, 24 years old. That, I, I have another one I think you're going to say, but that one is probably the closest. I do think, I mean, Shea had, an, I mean, really, truly, an all-NBA season. He is the type of guy you want to build around. 24 is not that much older than 21, so he's mm -hmm. still a puppy, which is good for a team-building standpoint and entering his prime. But, uh, I just kind of go back to the ant defensive stuff and his ceiling as a, def as a two-way player is in my opinion, higher than Shea is. Shea is an all world score, but not a tremendous three point threat. I mean, he can do it, but he, he's more of a mid range guy. So yeah. I just think that he is a s more solid product right now, clearly, but long-term, if I was trying to bet on a stock that had a little higher of a potential of an ROI, it would be ant because he can have more chops on the defensive end. And that's, I mean, that's what this league is all about. Having two way guys that can score and defend, you know? All right. God dang it. I'm such a Homer. All right. I'm going Anthony <laughs> Edwards again. Shea Gilgis Alexander is a, he's also three years older. Like you said, he's show me the 24 year old version of ant. In that's a couple my thing. Years too. Yep. That's a good point. But here's the number of all the numbers. Here's the one that I'll throw at you for Shea Gilgis Alexander. 180. He's 180 pounds. Mm -hmm. He's six foot mm -hmm. six, but he's, mm -hmm. 
how many aside from Steph Curry for a minute? I hate when people use the outlier example to say, "Well, this guy did this." So Steph Curry is about the only 180-pound player in the history of the NBA that can carry a team through an 82-game season year after year. The beating of a postseason, injuries, physicality, everything. You know, there's a lot of players. John ja Morant is one of them. Allen Iverson back in the day, like they might make a run, get to the finals or something. They're super fun to watch, but I just feel like. Give me the guy that's 40 or 50 pounds bigger frame that can freight train through the lane, that can take a beating in a playoff series and get back up, right? So I think over the long haul, I trust Anthony Edwards' body more than I trust a 180-pound player. And I get that Steph Curry has completely proven me wrong on that front. But historically, I think you'll, you'll, you'd rather have the 230-pound freight train than the 180-pound guy. Yeah, I'm with you. And I mean, Shea has a couple of playoff runs in him too, but nothing really spectacular if you go kind of hunt around basketball reference. Um, but I think that is, again, like the durability, not that Shea is an injury risk, but Ant's built like a running back. And having yeah. that just seems like a better, again, we are we are very much splitting hairs here and leaning towards our biases, but I think <laughs> I'd rather have the guy that's a little bigger, can guard a little more, has more of an outside threat. Um and it's just, again, when if it's a tiebreaker, just give me the kid with the funny personality. Well, yeah, we're just going to change the name of the show to Confirmation Bias. Timberwolves <laughs> Confirmation yeah. Bias. Okay, what about Luka Doncic, 23-year-old Luka Doncic? Five- but, to seven-year window. So it, it's it's those three in my mind because I really do, like, I still think John Morant's a really good basketball player. And I actually, when I put my pettiness aside and my jokes, I really hope he figures it out because I know we're already arguing about whether or not this is actually a big deal. I just... I think he's got himself in a bad circle uh, and he just, you want to, you know, you're, you've made it. You don't need to fake anything. You're, you're an NBA player. That's like the coolest thing you can be in this country. Yeah. Um, so it's Luca, it's Shea and it's Ant as the three guys that are at the Mount Rushmore of who do you want to build around? The Luca thing. I mean, he's just better than Ant. Um, he'll yep. never defend on Ant's level. So again, I, I do, if Anthony Edwards does have that in him, I mean, I watched what Tatum did, the other day in game seven as a offensive, you know, dropped 51, but he also could go guard anyone on the floor. Uh, that's what I think Ant ceiling is over Shea, over Luca. Um, Luca and Ant, I think both came into the offseason every year kind of out of shape, which isn't great. Uh, I think Luca smokes a lot more hookah than Ant, but I, I just, I, I think Luca is probably the safer bet because he is otherworldly. But again, if I uh, biases aside, I, I think Ant can give you more in a second round playoff matchup where not only do you need him to go get you 35 in game six, game seven, but you need him to like, like if you watch that LeBron game six stuff, I was like, I'm going to get you 36, nine to nine. And I'm also going to defend guys when I need you. I'm going to make sure Steph doesn't get these shots up. So yeah, Luca's the safer bet. Luca's got the, the better ROI for the short term. But I think what we're kind of doing here in real time is just figuring out that I, I don't really think is Anthony Edwards. I don't know what his ceiling is. I think it's pretty limitless. Uh, and it's all tied into that defensive side because you know he's going to be better and better and better offensively. But if he can be the two, you know, the second banana to Jaden on the defensive end, that's a really scary combination. You know what? All right. Again, there, there's <laughs> oh God. Anthony oh God, Edwards. I, can already, Jesus. I just Golly. heard the words that were about to come out of my mouth and I just. Let it I'm go. Same anyways. No all right. Okay. So Luca is a better player. Luca is a more established player. No one is questioning that right now. This is a conversation about a five to seven year window. Mm -hmm. We've seen some weird red flags with Luca and Luca teams already. Mm -hmm. All right. Again, the, the guy puts up 30, 
12 and 9 every single night. So mm-hmm. no one's going to question his productivity. But there's a little bit of a Russell Westbrook quality to a guy that just puts up Tasmanian devil numbers. Now, they're different style players. I get Russell Will- uh, Russell Westbrook is a Tasmanian devil who's just energy up and down, bounce, bounce for 12 years or whatever. And Luke is more of a methodical plotting, like old man game. And you're wondering how to, if you just watched him play for five minutes, you think, really? Like that, that guy puts up a triple, a 30 point triple double every single night. You're kind of mesmerized by how he does it. Those Mavericks teams in five years are only 20 games over 500 in the regular season with Luca. They've yeah. only advanced beyond the first round of the playoffs one time in five years. So how does he put up those types of numbers when Jokic puts up numbers like that? The team's success tends to follow. They win 50 plus games. They 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 go further in the playoffs, right? So I'm just there's there's a disconnect between Luka's individual productivity and the team results the last 5 years with the Mavericks that has me raising an eyebrow and there always seems to be weird toxic vibes around that franchise. And maybe some of it's just like Mark Cuban's kind of overseeing a toxic franchise in some ways. So I'm again, I'm not like out on Luca. I'm not saying that Ant is better than Luca right now. But I feel like if you ask this question three years from now, you'd want to be buying Ant stock and selling Luca stock if it was one or the other. So wow, I can't believe I just said <laughs> no. those last three minutes by me were definitely worthy of clipping and throwing back in my face at some point. I uh I think the Ant Shea thing, I just defer to Ant because not only does he have a couple years on him, but there's just more defensive upside. That's just my reasoning. On the Luka stuff, I'm probably going to take Luka just because the talent and what we've seen. I mean, you know, think about what he did just as by himself kind of against the Suns last year. You know, I got to give credit where credit's due. He's done it on that stage. Like, you know, if Ant would have single-handedly beaten the Nuggets, like we're having a different conversation – um, but the one thing I worry about Luca long term and from a roster building standpoint, like Ant's defense isn't there on elite two way guys, but like, you know, the block steal stuff. We talked about like his chase down block thing. Like mm-hmm. if that just continues to get better, there's more to defense than that. But that's not nothing. That's activity. Offensively, Ryan Rosillo's always been on this from the ringer, but when you get into the playoffs and the game slows down and you're just playing one team for seven games and you can kind of make adjustments. We haven't really seen the Luca type offense when you pass the first round, like when you titles. It's yeah. kind of the James Harden thing in Houston, which again, they were one or two, or actually 24 missed threes away from maybe winning a ring. But if you have a guy that's so ball dominant and ball centric, we haven't seen those rosters really work. And that's my concern with Luca is like, I think you can get Ant off ball i think you can have him making an impact defensively yeah. i i haven't really seen that with luca so i will put my bias to the side and say if i'm buying the stock today i'm probably taking luca because we've just seen it at a higher level but it all ties back again into what can ant do defensively what can he do to kind of set his teammates up um because i think he has a higher ceiling when it comes to being a well-rounded 42 minute a night playoff guy that can do it on both ends and make an impact yeah i think uh but man, did I, we just really, <laughs> dude? I yeah, this I just blacked Timberwolf out there. Podcast. I think I blacked out. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> we should stop this before I throw Jason Tatum into this conversation. Okay, here we go. Okay, uh, this is the Star Tribune Q and A. I'm going to throw out some of these and get your reaction. So, our friend Chris Hine from the Star. It's funny because uh, Chris Hine wrote the article, and uh, one of the featured subjects was Chris Hines, the player yep. development coach. 
of the Timberwolves, who works with Anthony Edwards closely. But So when asked by his player development coach, Chris Hines, what do you want to get out of your career, Ant? Do you want to make money? Do you want to be a pretty good player? Anthony Edwards said he wanted to be the best shooting guard to ever play. Quote from Ant, I'm chasing my boy MJ for sure. It'll be hard, but I'm chasing him. What did you make of that? It's it's the most Anthony Edwards quote of all time because it's just like <laughs> a little hyper hyperbolic. Like like he he probably thinks it would be cool to just have a vertical that allows him to land on the moon, which is like scientifically we know that's not possible. But he's like, well, I would if I just keep lifting doing calf races and squats, like I can probably jump to the moon. He'll never be better than MJ, um, simply because as you and I have grown up and so many people listening to this, like I don't really know who's better than Michael Jordan, but. I think Michael Jordan at 21 without any of the accolades probably would have said the same thing. Yeah. And that's again, kind of why I just love rooting for this kid or following this kid is because he does have that. I mean, this was, we're talking about something Phil that less than three years ago was something none of us knew. And we were almost concerned about is that, does he actually, is he going to go into summers and like want to get better? Is he going to have, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I was just scrolling through Twitter the other night, but when the Suns got bounced and DeAndre Ayton was kind of the, one of the fall guys and who knows if he'll be on the team next year, he was asked early in his career, like, what are your goals? Basically the same question. Like, what do you, what, what do you want from this? Do you want money? Do you want titles? Do you want fame? Yeah. And DeAndre Ayton famously said, I just want to make it to my second contract, which was just basically like, I just well, want to hit that big deal. And he did. And now he is. And now not, he seems to be good. He seems yeah, to be and just now fine now. Mentally checked out. So <laughs> it's cool that Ant has never, I mean, for a kid that didn't really grow up with a lot, both, you know, he didn't have a lot of family around, didn't have a lot of money, but like he is going to get generational wealth signed in the next six to seven weeks. And he's going to sign that extension. There's no worries there. Uh, that doesn't mean that it, it's cool. Right. I mean, if, dude, if you gave me 250 million and please, if you want to like hit me up, uh, I mean, Flagrant House is starting to grow quite nicely. So <laughs> listen, like I just started a new job and like, I think about the raise I got every single day. Uh, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's cool that he's 21 and he's not even worried about that. He does sound like he's a guy that's not really spending lavishly. Like that really matters. So again, circling back to your original question, I, I think it's impossible for him to be ever the best shooting guard of all time because that bar is so high. But just the fact that he thinks he can do it is just another one of those things where if he's ever on a team that is well suited around him or better suited around him and they're down three, one, uh, he is going to think we're going to win this series. And that yeah. type of mentality of I'm never out of it until I'm truly out of it uh, is just another kind of, you know, badge uh, in his in his favor of why he is some a, a player you want to build around, a build a franchise around in this league. Yeah, I think this is most you kind of said it off the top of your answer, which is this is the all time Anthony Edwards quote that, yeah, I'm chasing Michael Jordan. That's my goal is to be the best shooting guard of all time. I, I, I'd want to know if I, if I were his development coach, I would say, OK, OK. I mean, you definitely have a skill set that if you maximized it for 15 to 20 years and stayed healthy and stayed diligent and devoted your entire life to this, maybe you shoot for MJ and you wind up in the Dwayne Wade section, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's a, that's yeah. a real possibility here. Cause I don't think anyone is going to be, I mean, it, I don't know when we're going to see, maybe it's Victor, but I don't know when we're going to see the next player that we do the first take Stephen A. Smith debate thing about MJ and LeBron I don't I I do not want to put that on Anthony Edwards. But if I'm his development coach, I would say, listen, if that's your goal, the last guy that chased MJ 
frontally and publicly, Kobe Bryant, you know what that guy was doing? That guy was every single day putting up a 1,000 shots at 3 o'clock in the morning before practice. Guys would show up early for practice and get some shots up, and Kobe would be in a full lather sweating, you know, on an off day, whatever. He was. He devoted his life to chasing down Michael Jordan, and he came up He came up a little short, but Kobe is one of the greatest of all time. So I would say, do you know what you're – when you say that, do you understand the process and the work that goes into it? And that brings us to some of the other questions here and the answers from Anthony Edwards, Star Tribune. Edwards said he wants to be in the best shape of anyone in the league when next season begins. Before I get to his answer and elaborating, that is what I love to hear. Because yep. there's, there's a couple criticisms of him, and one I think is late-game cardio, back-to-back cardio. It's not that he's in bad shape, but what separated the Michaels, the Kobe's, the Dwayne Wade, the LeBron James, these were 220-pound freight train, or in LeBron's case, 240-pound freight train energizer bunnies that just out-energied you in the second half. They're all highly skilled. They can all make shots. They can all get to the rim, get to the free-throw line. They're all-star players, but oftentimes those players just have more gas in the tank in the clutch moments than you do. Yep. Or for the course of 42 minutes if they have to play that long, right? And so Ant said, quote, I want to be in better shape than everybody else in the league. The basketball stuff is going to come. It's like second nature to me. I just want to be in the best shape ever. Imagine if you could take a guy that can shoot three-pointers at like a 38% clip, who can get to the rim at will, who's adding a mid-range game, who has a body of an NFL tight end or running back. Right. And he has the most energy and gas in the tank of any player on the court. That's unstoppable. That's a that's a big thing that he needs to close the gap on, I think, going into his fourth year. And I think he heard some of the noise or some of the chatter uh, because one of the big storylines coming into last year and last season was that Ant's bigger, right? He's bigger. Like, that's, like, great, right? His arms are bigger. He's just a bigger guy. But then I was in Vegas for that preseason game or in the locker room and like wasn't he wasn't fat by any means, but just like he wasn't as uh, maybe chiseled uh, as you would think. And sometimes, you know, again, it's OK, because as you play an 82 game season, you just you do like lose weight. I think Austin Rivers was talking about that recently. Like you just lose a ton of weight playing yeah. so many minutes in the league. So I think he kind of worked himself into shape a little bit more and you can't get into NBA shape without just playing NBA games. But I would say arguably that was just not a thing. Like he was not in great shape when he came into training camp last year. So for him to acknowledge that now, it's great. Uh, his durability and availability over the years so far to play all these games, um, this isn't a slight at him. It's simply because he's young. <laughs> I'm not decreasing his work ethic, but if anyone's listening to this, like you were just more flexible and agile and able to play, you know, intramural soccer, then go lift, then go run, then drink nine beers and do it all over again the same day because you're 21. <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen as you do get older and for him to acknowledge that now you know he had the whole run-in with how many bags of what chips he was eating this summer and he like joked about it but then was like oh people don't like that and he's like I actually don't eat that many chips like I'm fine so then Carl kind of called him on it too right the oh yeah the was, fried oh, food or whatever we had, it was, a good, fast we had food. a good time with that so no I think the fact that he sees that stuff you know again the the fact that like my I don't know about you Phil but my dream is to like live on the beach so if he wants to live on the beach and be MJ and that's his goal that's great but if he also settles for you know Dwayne Wade living on a lake near Park Rapids which is also a dream of mine like then that's still really good like the Timberwolves are going to be in really good shape if he becomes a Dwayne Wade career not an MJ career so yeah. and part of that will be he needs to be in better shape because 
as you see with some of the other young guys, like he should probably just play like 40 minutes a night. <laughs> like the more the ants oh, yeah. on the court, the better this team is. Yeah. Period. I think there's a, yeah, there's a five, a five-year window here where, so I think, uh, I think Clint Capella, no, was it Capella? No, it was uh, Pascal Siakam led the league in minutes per game this year. Yep. Yep. Pascal Siakam was like 38, the last two years, he's been like 38 minutes a game. So, but like that, that to me, that's kind of where dude, Allen Iverson once averaged like 40 minutes a game for a multi-year stretch. It's crazy. But Ant, Ant should probably be in the, so you get a 48 minute game. So you're going to take a, a five minute breather at the end of the first quarter into the second quarter. And then another five minute breather at some point in the second half. And you're going to play the last nine minutes of the fourth quarter. And you're going to play 38. Like I could see that being a thing where he averages 36 to 38 minutes for a multi-year stretch. So uh, he said he wants to fine-tune his game for clutch moments. Making the right play is me taking the final shot. That's pretty much my mindset going into next year. Now he did, so Chris Hine on his behalf offered up, if he gets doubled or a team traps him or something, he's looking to make the right play. But I think you got to be a little careful with this, just always taking the last shot if, if, if it's an inefficient hand in your face, long two or something, I'd rather you get some movement going and make the right play. So I like, I like the mindset of take over the team, be the alpha, be the guy that look, but, but don't be myopic about it. Find an open teammate. If there's a better play there. Yeah. I, I, and Chris, Chris was on Dane's podcast. Today. They talked about that a little more. So I think there was maybe some context to that. I, and I do wonder if that was an example of Ant just being like, Oh, the answer is to say that I'm, I'm fearless and I'm going to, you know, the, yeah. the best shot is for me to take it. Um, that's not true. <laughs> I mean, there were multiple times in that nugget series where the respect level for a 21 year old was like, we're going to double We're the best team. <laughs> we're as I deem them, the Purdue Boilermakers of the playoffs. Uh, I might've been wrong on that one. Um, but we're going to double you and make you figure it out. And he doesn't figure that out yet. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the experiment with the Gobert stuff so far in year one, was a failure in the sense that if that's how much you invest in Rudy, he has to be a pillar of this franchise. And there was no real chemistry. They clearly maybe like each other more than we think the, the ant wanted to go to France stuff. I mean, that's just let's him get, off the top of his head. Yeah. Let's throw that out here. That's the last thing I have in the ant okay. bin. So he wants to spend a lot of time in Minnesota this off season to work out with Jade McDaniels. Love great. that. Love and that. some of it's also, he wants Jade McDaniels to play defense on him so he can shoot more contested shots against one of the best defenders in the league. That's cool too. Uh, he also said he's planning on heading to to France at some point to work with Rudy. Edward seemed reluctant to pass to Gobert when working with him in the screen and roll game this year. Edward said that wasn't the case. Quote, man, I love Rudy. Me and Rudy got a great understanding. We talk all the time, and I think he can get a lot better as far as catching the ball, jump hooking. I love Rudy, man. We talk all the time. He can get way better <laughs> at catching passes. Yep. I love uh, Phil, man. I just wish, uh, you know, Phil can get a lot better just getting his points across and not comparing Luca to, to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Uh, I tell him all the time, like, Rudy, I want to throw you the ball every time. I want you to jump hook or money dunk on somebody. This summer, we're going to get together and work on it. So it remains to be seen. He has not booked his ticket. He's waiting for Rudy to pay for his travel. <laughs> and so and this this is important because we also made a, a bit or, you know, at least acknowledged when there was like Ant's IG account liking the, the Rudy Gobert trade was bad. Uh, everyone that I've always talked to, I mean, Ant doesn't really have teammates he doesn't like. Um, he's got teammates that he loves or that he's connected with more vando uh you know pat was like a big brother to him uh but i do think he likes rudy more i i believe he sees the value in having a guy like that behind him that doesn't clean up a lot of that stuff um but i think that was 
I was talking to Chris about it. Like that was really unprompted. That was more of an ant being like, I want to continue to make this work with Rudy. Yeah. I think the Jaden stuff, like, listen, man, I don't know if you got the music, but if you want to talk about a subscription to uh, a not safe for work content, just post the Jaden and ant one-on-one videos and I'll subscribe to that <laughs> for 1999. I mean, just, those two dudes going at it would be incredible. <laughs> um, that is literally ant porn to watch him go against Jane McDaniels one on one. So, but I, I also think too with these players, everyone as the season's done. I mean, uh, the Suns got bounced one night. I don't know if it was Thursday of last week. Friday morning on Twitter, Kevin Durant was in Cancun. <laughs> Which again, go go rest, dude. You think he had that trip booked before the game? Yes, yes, I, I do believe that. Uh, it, it doesn't matter where these guys go because you can get the the most elite training now in Miami, in Atlanta, in L.A. But I, I think the real there's real value to staying in the market you're in. So for him to say that this time, because that's not what he's done in the past because he's had movies or whatever, for him to want to be in Minnesota, to work with his teammates, to work with Jaden, hopefully work you know, more with Nas, maybe work with some of the younger guys, that's really, really valuable. Uh, and again, he's... He, let's see it, right? Let's see the the content team for the Wolves posting videos of him early mornings, you know, June 18th working in the gym. But he he's saying all the right things in that interview, and I think that's pretty reassuring. Again, going back to we didn't get to hear him talk. He gets eliminated by the Nuggets. He uh, has third-degree assault on that chair, uh, and then we didn't get to hear his opinion. So he said all the right things, and it's the first major step now in trying to build what is a really, really important offseason for him, for Jaden, and everyone else up and down that roster. Yeah. Okay, I have some more uh, some more fun questions to throw at you here before Let's the episode it. is over. And you have Kyle's question of the week yeah. to throw at me. But a shout-out to one of our partners here, a new partner on Score North and on Flagrant Howls, our friends at Power Lodge and Miller Marine. If you're looking for some therapy, maybe you know Kevin Durant booked that trip to Cancun. <laughs> if I were him, I might have just gone to a Power Lodge, one of the three metro area locations or Minnesota locations, Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, Miller Marine, and St. Cloud, and I might have gotten on a Bennington pontoon. You know, Kevin Durant probably needs a bigger Bennington pontoon than you or I. But enjoy the best days of summer on your favorite lakes and bodies of water in a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, Power Lodge in Ramsey. Also, Brainerd, Onamia, and Miller Marine in St. Cloud, like I said. PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com. If you can support them, you'll be supporting us. And you'll keep flagrant howls and Scornorth content going on a regular basis, powerlodge.com and millermarine.com. Okay. So uh, Doc Rivers was the latest former NBA champion coach to be fired this morning. Monty Williams was fired. So I'm just going to throw some questions at you. Would you fire Chris Finch for? We're going to play a new game here. Would you fire Chris Finch for Doc Rivers? Never. Okay. Never. I, uh, I think the Doc Rivers resume is what it is at this point. Dude, 20 Uh, games under 500 in chances to clinch a playoff series. He has coached some of the most talented rosters that I can remember dating back to his Clippers days. Obviously, those Celtics years, he did get one with with a Celtics team that was just freakishly loaded. Um, I just don't think he is an adjustments guy. Is Chris Finch an adjustments guy? I don't know, but I think Finch is, again, like a younger player in the league that will can learn and make adjustments. I think we know what Doc Rivers is. Uh, his ability to relate to some players isn't always great. And I just, that man loves to golf more than Declan or I, so I don't really think uh, he's going to be totally bought in to coaching a team that is 
despite having some older players, it's still a relatively young roster. So yeah. um, no, no, no. Uh, Chris Finch for me, hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. I think there would have been a time where I would have been ecstatic to get Doc Rivers as a coach. You know where he belongs inside the NBA on TNT Bingo. or like the ESPN studio show or something fighting back against Stephen A. Smith. I think he could have a nice 10 year. He's like 62 years old. Nice little 10 year media run. Make seven figures. Could be great for Doc. All right. Would you fire Chris Finch for Mike Buttonholzer? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go on the bias. I'm this, these are not all going to be pro Finch. But for this one, no. I think there are. I think Mike Buttonholzer is a really good program builder. I would argue the Wolves' first couple steps of their program has already been built, even yeah. though there's obviously a lot left to iron out. Uh, I think he would be a better suited for like, obviously Houston has a coach now, but like, like a Detroit or a young team that really has just a bunch of pieces, but no real vision. I know again, that this was a tough year for Wolves fans, but I think their vision is a little more set. Uh, good coach, not always a great adjustments guy, uh, really just kind of sticks to, you know, he's not maybe as creative as some want to give him credit for, but no, I, that one is razor thin, but I go like 55, 45 in favor of Finch over him. Dude, I feel like I remember watching when they won the championship a few years ago. There were some what is he doing moments when they won the title. Yeah, I know. I know. And then in these playoffs, there's just I agree with you that if you're trying to go from a 20 win franchise or a franchise that's missing the playoffs to becoming a 45 or a 50 win team, all right, you can do a lot worse than than Mike Budenholzer. But I kind of feel like you're right. They're Listen, if the Wolves needed a coach, all right, bring on Bud. Let's do right. it. But I don't know that I'm making that change. Okay, would you fire Chris Finch for Nick Nurse? I know that those guys are really good friends, and this is a hypothetical that would never happen. I don't think Nick Nurse would allow his friend to be stabbed in the back, and then he takes over that job. But just like in a world where those guys aren't really good friends who work together. I really like Nick Nurse, and now this one's almost a coin flip. I, I think they, again, you said they're friends. They kind of come from the same tree. I think they really love playing their best players heavy minutes. Um, this is going to be, I know where we're going with this, and it's going to open up a conversation in the next one, but I'm just going to go, I was 55-45 Finch over Bud. I'm going to go like 51-49 Finch over Nurse, wow. mainly because there have been too many, and it could be the players too, right? It could just be after a while in this league, you just get tuned out of a certain person. Same in the work world. Like you just you work somewhere for six years, you just want a new manager, or whatever. Uh, I there was too many concerning things about how guys that I think are pretty respectful players, like a Fred Van Vliet, a Pascal Siakam, some of those other guys that just really started to tune Nurse out in Toronto. And despite the Wolves falling on their face this year and being stagnant offensively and not always having the right rotations, you never heard anything about players not being fully bought into Finch. So I think maybe for now, the thing that Finch does the best is the stuff that we don't see yeah. behind the scenes in the locker room. He's but a culture I, guy to some extent. I just, but... I, I think, I think Doc Rivers was let go because of the culture stuff. I think, um, you know, Bud was let go maybe a little bit because of the embarrassment, but nurse was let go for the culture stuff. I think Finch is a good culture builder and that's something you want right now. Uh, and then you want to see him get to the second round and not make adjustments and then, you know, move on from him then. But I'm going to go with Finch over Nurse as well. Uh, I would fire Finch for Nurse. Although I do think Nurse, 
yeah, he won the NBA championship. He never has to give that back. But obviously, if Kevin Durant doesn't tear his leg in half during that series, it's a different story. But again, they made it to the NBA Finals, and they don't have to give that back. So his his stock is probably a little different, if not for a Kevin Durant injury. But uh, I, I would make that swap. Okay, would you fire Chris Finch from Monty Williams? I text when you texted me about this. I said no <laughs> because there are some aspects of Monty Williams that make me wonder. I don't know. He just, I don't know. This is, I don't say this in a mean way. I just, for the team and knowing how the Wolves players' personalities are, there are times where it seems like Monty Williams is kind of a little, I'd, I'd say, preachy. Uh, which again, which is fine. I'm, I'm totally a religious guy. I totally respect that. But, uh, then I've thought about it more, and I've seen how the Suns media has responded to him leaving, and they almost credit him solely for the culture change there and just his ability to relate to players. Obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't really relate to DeAndre Ayton, but for or a guy the new that owner, is, Matt Ishbia. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Ayton nicknamed himself Dominating, uh, and he was definitely not doing that uh, against yeah, he was, the He was Nuggets. dominating the bench is yeah, what he, he was. was. He was dominating, he was dominating those comfortable bench chairs. Yeah, dominating Call of Duty. So I think that's the guy, again – I don't, and I don't think a lot of people do, or maybe at least myself. I don't always understand all the stuff that a coach has to do in the moment, challenges, sets, rotations, adjustments. But I just really love the management side of me and studying management all these years. Like I just love the guy behind the scenes. And Monty Williams sounds like he's about as A plus as it gets behind the scenes. So if you were to move on from a Finch, I think Monty Williams could be an upgrade in that category. Uh, again, Monty Williams did not really show me anything in the playoffs in terms of like attacking Nikola Jokic or there was a lot of offensive adjustments that needed to be worked on, but he he would be the guy that if you're like, we're going to let go of Finch and we're betting on getting a bigger name or a bigger deal in here. I think Monty Williams would be a guy that you'd feel safe saying that's an upgrade, at least in a certain category for this team. But yeah, I would, uh, you, you said it very succinctly there. I would, I would fire Chris Finch for Monty Williams. And I would ask Chris if he would like to, through the awkwardness, just stay on as like an offensive coordinator or something. It'd be great. I know he would never do that, but you know, I would, I would probably just shoot my shot there with Chris Finch before he went and became an assistant. Listen, if you fired me and brought in, and there's a lot of these people, they're a better (laughs) podcast co-host. And then just asked me to sit on the sidelines and just drop some stats. I would not only would I hate you, but there's no way I would do it, but I'm with you. (laughs) I, I never thought of that. And when you sent me that tweet that, and I was like, that's actually let me marinate on that one a little bit, but I think you're right. I think that's the type of guy that if you put the right supporting pieces around him, because I don't think Monty Williams did a lot of great adjustments, but if you had the right offensive assistant and all that stuff, like a Finch, I think it would I think it would be a really good play. Yeah. You know, I was gonna throw some some more Carl Anthony Towns theories by you, but I think we should save that for next week because there there are some rumblings bubbling up. Stephen A. Smith went on a rant about the Knicks and brought up Carl Anthony Towns' name. And a couple other national talking heads, but I'm going to stockpile some more cat stuff for next week, and we cool. can just cat do like centric. a big, yeah, yeah. We'll just be like cat rumor central here on on Flagrant Howl. So I'm going to throw it to you for Kyle's question of the week here. Yeah, I'm uh, again. I'm in the middle of a career change, so not a ton of prep for this one. But I ran into an incident last weekend in uh, last week in San Francisco, so just want to get your opinion on this. It got pretty heated. Uh, are are you a fan of like chicken wings? Love me some chicken wings. Yeah, I, I would put them. We can do this later this summer, too. But I would say chicken wings, uh, both bone in and bone out, are probably one of my top five favorite foods. Yeah. Um, are you gun to your head? You only get one and the other one doesn't exist for the rest of your life. Ranch or blue cheese? Ooh. See, one I of gotta, them has to so, be getting, gotten away for the rest of your life. 
So I'm very 50-50 when they give me the option. I alternate back and forth. So I okay. like I like both, but so I'm going to give you my wing background here, okay? Yeah. Just a little bit. I don't like super overly saucy wings. I like to control the sauce level myself. Okay. So a dry rub is always preferable. Give me a Cajun dry rub, maybe a, you know, salt and pepper dry rub, lemon pepper dry rub, whatever you want. Barbecue rub, dry rub. Or if I'm going to go sauce, I like the twice baked buffalo style where okay. they'll they'll bake it or the, or it's like baked and grilled and the sauce is more kind of like baked into the fabric of the wing. So if it is a buffalo wing that's not overly saucy, if it's like a twice baked buffalo wing, it's blue cheese for me. If it's a dry rub wing, it's ranch for me. Okay. But you're telling okay. me I have to choose one gun one. to the head. So I guess I'm I, I guess I'm gonna if I had to choose one style wing, I would choose a dry rub and then the accompanying sauce would be ranch. So my answer okay. is ranch. Okay, thank you. Round of applause sound. Okay. Uh, I would so I, I win. I, I had had a beverage <laughs> or six and I would go on the record saying and I've been figuring this out too as I type more, uh I would probably give up a pinky just to make blue cheese not exist. Really? In any context? In any context. The cheese itself, the dipping sauce. What is your discrimination against blue cheese? If I wanted to dip my wings in throw up, I would just do that. Like, I would just. So, if someone gave you an option, hey, you can have a side of of, uh, sort of runny, juicy throw up, liquidy throw up, or blue cheese, that you may choose the throw up. I would ask you which one is which. Because I don't know. <laughs> That's how bad they are. Uh, so the answer is ranch. Anyone listening to this, all these questions moving forward will always probably be open-ended. But uh, for this week, the only answer is ranch. And blue cheese, mushrooms, wow, uh, licorice, just get get rid of them by the next time you and I record. So just to be clear, uh, the summary of this episode is Kyle is out on Joel Embiid, <laughs> blue cheese dressing, and Doc Rivers. He's out yeah. on all those things. Okay, yeah. those, those are my uh, three... <laughs> Get rid of them all. Uh, by the way, if you guys could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel, you can help us spread the word and the gospel of Flagrant Howls. And you can help us grow this show. Some just amazing Timberwolves fans that have stuck with this show throughout the season, the disappointing ending, and now the hopeful off season where we're excited to bring you at least weekly. And sometimes we may double up during a week if there's news or certainly once we get closer to the league year where there's trades and free agency and stuff. And if you could also give us a five-star rating and a positive review of some kind, maybe you can tell us what uh, what your favorite dip is for wings <laughs> in the Apple review section. You can help us spread the word and chart even higher on the Apple podcast charts. So, all right. Good stuff here today. I think we solved Appreciate some you. of the world's problems. And uh, we'll hit you with some Carl Anthony Towns juicy speculation. And we're also going to bring back Phil and Kyle, dive into the comments. So if you have fun things for us to read or share on the show, you can always hit us up via the Scornorth app. There's a feedback section, or we scan the YouTube channel comments as well. This is a Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant House.